Welcome to the Christian Life Austin podcast. Visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, register for an upcoming event, or support the Christian Life ministry through our online giving portal. We trust that you'll enjoy today's message. Thank you once again for listening. We're going to go into week two today of what we call Live 10. And I'm not going to be lengthy today. Uh, my girls took a lot of my time. But it's fine. But I wasn't going to be lengthy anyhow. I want to, I want to talk stage two or phase two of this thing called Live 10. Uh, last week, we were so excited about kicking this thing off. And I feel very good about what the Lord has blessed us with. We talked about adventure. We talked about image. We talked about create. We talked about taking an adventure with God and learning to walk in His plan, not getting God to walk in our plan. And then we talked about image. We're made in His image. And everywhere we go, we must impress the image, not of us, but of Him on people's lives. We must change our environment by what He put in us when He created us. And then we learned last week that we were transcendent and also imminent. We were, if we were in his image, we were transcendent. We could draw circles around things and then we could get inside that circle and make the changes that cause us to be better people for the kingdom of God. And I feel very confident today that you got a hold of it, you grabbed it, you, you clutched it in your heart. But today we're going to go do Live 10 number two, the second stage of Live 10. Would you stand one more time? I know it's, it's very, uh, very anti this church to have to have you stand, set, stand, set, stand, set. I'm teasing. Everybody say, preach to me, pastor. Preach, preach, to me, pastor. preach the word. Preach the word. Let, it touch my heart. Let it touch my heart. Let it change my heart. Preach the word to me, pastor. Let it touch my mind. Let it change my mind. Preach the word to me today. Let me leave here a better person than what I was when I came in. You believe it? Amen. You believe it? The word of the Lord, the word of the Lord, the word of the Lord, the word of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Let me preach a little. Thank you, Miss Ann. Appreciate it. On a, on a scale of one to ten, how would you... How would you rate your life? How would you rate your life? Once again, let's define 10. We define 10 by the promise of Jesus in John 10 and 10. John 10 and 10 in the message says, I came so they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed. That's why Jesus came. The first part of that scripture says the thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life. So we're taking the last Sunday in February and three Sundays now in March to go after the life that God dreamed for us. We're going after what we call the ten life. Imagine your life as an arrow launched from a bow with God as the archer. We talked about this last week and I want to bring it back to your attention again today. We talked about loading this arrow in this bow 
And God Almighty being the archer of our life, and he draws the string back, he draws the bow back, and he launches us into our destiny. He sends us forth, projecting us into what he calls a predestined destiny, an area of life that we are supposed to live in our life. He aims to hit a specific mark, for he has dreams for you. He has plans for you. He has purposed you to penetrate your area of destiny. It's called life's bullseye. But you as the era, you have something to say about the trajectory of the flight because if you are warped in your sense of direction, if you have some things that have cut some niches and nicks in your life and you're not smooth in the transition from the bow, and, uh, from the bow to, the, to, the, to the target, you will miss the target and you will miss the bullseye that God has for you. But see, because God chose that you could choose. He chose that we could choose. God has plans for you. There's a calling for your life and he's directed and then he has released you. Jeremiah 29 and 11 in the New King James says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace. Everybody say peace. peace. And not of evil. To give you a future. Everybody say future. And a hope. Say hope. hope. Now you got to hold on to that. I know that you feel your view hasn't changed and you're even chasing your own tail sometime. But God has been talking about you to others because he has you in a directive for your life. And I believe that. Amen. Amen. Somebody wrote the other day and I loved it. Said every now and then you need to look up and realize there's somebody that's bigger than you that really does like you. I love that. Why don't you look up right now and say, there's somebody up there that's bigger than me that really does like me. It makes you feel better, doesn't it? Amen. Igniting God's vision starts with becoming more acutely aware of God's presence in your life. So today, I'm going to inaugurate something, and if you want to be a part of it, you can. If you don't, that's all right. It's fine. I'm going to inaugurate, starting tomorrow, a 10-day fast, a fast. Now, oh God, no food. No, we're not going to do that. We're going to fast something that is very important for us. Uh, we are living right now in the, in, the, in the Lent season. We're living right now in the 40 days of Lent before Easter. And, and I, I, want to, I just want to talk to you just a little bit. I, I think beginning tomorrow, you need to wake up and say, you know what? I'm going to fast some things for the next 10 days. I'm going to cut some things out of my diet. I'm going to cut some things out of my budget. I'm going to cut some things out of what I do in life. And I'm going to fast 10 days. I'm going to give 10 days of my heart and my soul and my recognition to Jesus Christ. Would anybody like to join me on that? Anybody like to join me on that? I'm not asking you to push the plate away and drink only water. That's distilled. I'm not asking you to do that. I am asking you to have a recognition, have a fasting recognition the next 10 days of God doing something in your life this year. Amen? I believe that God wants to do something in all of our lives this year. And I believe that God wants me to be the preacher that tells you it's time for us to step up and see what God has for us in 2014. Would you clap your hands? So, so if you... If you've been eating waffles every morning for the last 30 years for breakfast, okay? Why don't you just pass on that waffle and eat an early lunch? 
at 11 or 11.30. Why don't you just fast a breakfast? Oh, pastor, I get so cantankerous. No, I'll drink two cups of coffee instead of one. Or drink two pots instead of one. I don't know how much coffee you drink. But here's what I want to tell you. I think we need to push some things back. Are you with me today? I think we need to shove some things back and say, flesh, you're not going to get everything you want for the next 10 days. There's going to be a fasting time. There's going to be a cutoff time. I'm going to say no to some things so I can say yes to Almighty God in my life. Amen? The word sin simply means to miss the mark. It means to miss the mark. Sin is not stealing only, not lying only, but it's, it's not just taking the Lord's name in vain. Sin is taking the one solitary life that God gave to you, a life made in His image, meaning He made you with dignity and He made you with an image and He made you with creative power and He made you with eminence in your life and settling for less, not just, just not hitting the mark. So how do we get back on track? How do we partner with God for our lives? What is the secret. The first thing I want to share with you today, and I may preach this for the next little while, but the first thing I want to share with you today is we must identify our area of destiny and align everything in our lives accordingly. Everybody say, my area of destiny. I want the four horsemen of Notre Dame to come and join me right now. I want the four staff members that, come on, bring your ropes. We're going to have a we're going to have a rope session here. We're going to do the ropes. Everybody got one? All right. Everybody got one? No? No, no, we have four ropes. Okay, Randy's got one. Okay, Randy, stand right there in that corner. Mitch, you stand in that corner. Brad here. Josh here. All right. Throw a rope at you, buddy. Mitch, you throw one this way. That's it. Brad, you throw one this way. That's it. Oh, we're learning. There you go. All right. Come on up here, guys. Come on up here. So, here we have it. Okay. Randy, you need to back up a little bit because you got too much. There you go, buddy. Give me plenty of space. All right. What I've got here is a, I got me a little corral. Uh -huh. I am locked in. There's a lot of people that have problems when they get locked in. There are a lot of folks say, I want, I want out over here. I want, I want to get out here. Anything that puts a rope in my life or a destiny or a boundary in my life, I can't, I can't work in that arena. But here's what I want to preach to you. You've got to understand that God has an area of destiny for everybody in this building today. It's not necessarily a place, but it's maybe a sense of calling concerning what our lives are supposed to be about. Other times, it is a place connected to it. For me... My area of destiny is not only a sense of calling, but it's a geographical area, at least first and primarily. For other people in this audience, their area of destiny may be a certain sense of calling, perhaps what they need to do where they are, of what they're supposed to do in their lives. They don't necessarily know where that's going to take them geographically, but they have an awareness of what their lives are supposed to be about. And I believe that every one of us has a predestined place that we must align everything else in our lives within. Now, I'm going to preach it now. You'll get it in a minute. I do not believe that you can ever be fully fulfilled or happy until you get in God's area of destiny in your life. Amen? Once we get a sense of that calling, everything in our life has to be aligned with that. 
Here's what I believe. I believe there are unlimited possibilities within my limitations. No, you're not getting that yet. I said there's unlimited possibilities within my limitations. Now, this is not my limitations. It's just a show of what limitations look like. But here's what I want to tell you. There's too many people that think they can't be blessed being a part of a church. They've got to be church on Sunday and a little world on Monday and a little business business on Tuesday. They don't think they can be blessed locked in this thing called the area of destiny called the church. There is not a greater place in all the world for you to find your area of destiny than right here at the feet of Jesus Christ in a church of the living God. Amen. Amen. So, is anything possible? Can I, do, can I be anything I want to be in life? The answer is no. No. I hate to tell you, no. I love basketball. There was a day I could play basketball. Oh, I wish I was 18 again and watching some of these boys play over here. They didn't know that first step that I had back in that day. I'd be by them saying bye-bye. See you at the finish line, baby. I'm going for a layup. But I can't dunk. Never could. Best I ever got after wearing weights for about three months one time, I grabbed the rim with two hands. But I could never get a ball over that rim because the ball had to make your hand get over the rim. And I couldn't get the hand over. I could grab the rim with my fingernails, fingertips, but I couldn't get over the rim. I don't care how much I sing. I believe I can fly. I believe I can touch the sky. I think about it every night and day. Spread my wings and fly away. I believe I can soar. I see me running through that open door. But I could never jump over six inches. It's called white man syndrome. I can't dunk. I have an assignment of limitations in my life. Something else I can't be. I can't never be the king of England. Never. Never could be. I can't be the king of England. That queen won't die. So anything in my life is not possible. There's some things I just can't do. The Bible said the wounds are, of a friend are, are precious. Some of you need to look at somebody today and say, you know what? You're just not that good. There's some things you just can't do in life. Quit trying to do them. Quit trying to get outside your assignment limitation and your place that God has placed you in your life, your area of destiny, and say, I think I can do anything. No, you can't. But where you are in your life, your limitations are possible. There are great unlimited possibilities in your life from your area of destiny. Here's what I tell you. I may not be able to dunk. I may not be able to king of England. But from this area right here, I can reach all of Austin, Texas with the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
I can tell somebody that Jesus loves them. I can reach all of Texas. I can reach around the world with this gospel because God has given me a way and a method to preach this gospel to every living creature. There's things I can do in my limits, in my area of possibility. And within the context of my life, I have unlimited possibilities. You know what God told Joshua? He told Joshua, the first thing he told him, he said, Joshua, Joshua 1 and 3, he said, I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot will be on land I have given you. Now, you got to get this now. you got to get this because you're going to step out on a limb that can't support you in just a minute if I don't give you the rest of it. For in Joshua 1 and 4, he said, from the Negev wilderness in the south, this is, this, is your, this is your limitation. To the mountains of Lebanon in the north, that's your limitation. From the Euphrates River in the east, that's your limitation. To the Mediterranean Sea in the west, that's your limitation. But he said, everywhere you put your foot in that area of destiny, he said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. He didn't tell him, go anywhere, just get outside the rope, son. Just do whatever you want to do. No, no, no. He gave him an area of destiny. But he said, inside that area of destiny, there is something that you can do. He said, the Hittites can't stop you. You're going to have to fight for some things in your life. But I promise you, it doesn't matter if you're down here in the Gev. It doesn't matter if you're in Lebanon or over here in the Euphrates or over here in the Mediterranean. I'm going to be your God and everywhere you put your foot. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. Some of you need to walk around your office. Some of you need to walk around your school. Some of you need to walk around your neighborhood and say, this is my area of destiny. If you don't watch yourself, you don't watch yourself, you'll start getting outside the realm. And he said in verse 7, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Don't deviate from them. Turn in either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful. Everybody say, in everything you do. You've got an area of destiny, and that area of destiny is your church. That area of destiny is your neighborhood. That area of destiny is your workplace. That area of destiny is your family. That area of destiny is what God has assigned you to be in your life. So what he's saying, he said, Joshua, I'm limiting the context of your life, but it's really unlimited in possibilities because you're going to spend your entire lifetime taking ter territory within the territory of your area of destiny in your life. My, my two youngest daughters, we took them several years ago on a trip with us to Hawaii for about seven days. And I'll never forget, they're the little kids, and they said, Daddy, it's 70 degrees here. The Pacific Ocean's out here. Dad, why don't we live in pastor here? <laughs> and I said, honeys, we can visit places when we have enough mileage on our point system. But our area of destiny is humid, allergy-laden, <laughs> hot, longhorn-given, Austin. Yes. And I said, kids, we'll be happier and more successful there. Because this is not our area of destiny. We're going back to Austin on a plane six more days. This is our area of destiny. And I'm so glad 24 years ago, God hemmed me in and said, son, I want you to preach the gospel right here. 
I want you to share the gospel right here. I want people to be baptized right here. I want people to be saved right here. I want people to be born again right here. I want people to be baptized with the Holy Ghost right here. And everywhere you walk, everywhere you put your foot, I'm going to bless you in your area. I think the greatest challenge, I really do, I think the greatest challenge in our, in our life that we face is fantasizing about life outside of our boundaries and not maximizing the area of our destiny. Grass is greener syndrome. You hear me. You hear me. Instead of daydreaming about a, another marriage, why don't you make the most of the one you're in? Instead of giving 40% effort on your current job or position, why don't you try to give 140%? See what God does. A great day in your life will be the day you figure out what you cannot do, what is outside your area of destiny because it is liberating. But I promise you, I promise you, the Bible said the wounds of a friend are faithful. Amen. I I just want to tell you, there's some things, guys and girls, that you can't do. But in your area of destiny, you're the best at whatever you do. So why don't you just be God's kids to the lost world? Why don't you just stand up and be God's kids to a lost world? Why don't you be a good father to your family? Why don't you be a great mother to those kids? Why don't you be great students in the school? Amen? Why don't you be the best you can be where God has assigned you to be in your life? Clap your hands. That's very, very liberating. Thank you. Just put them down. Put them down right there. Just put them down. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Let's give our four great staff a great hand here. When you embrace what you are good at and what you're called to do within your area of destiny, that is an awesome, awesome thing. Say amen to that. Let me see what time it is. I need to put this watch back on my wrist because I'm such a time. I'm OCD about time. Now, let me tell you something. You know, I ought to got a clap for that. Come on. Come on. I know when to let you out of here. We have to say yes to possibility in order for those possibilities to be actualized. The second thing, the second secret, is you need to experience God's pleasure in the good and beautiful things that you love. There's too many of us that live on the negative side of life instead of on the positive side of life. And it's time for us to understand that somebody up there bigger than us really does like us. How many believe that you got a God that likes you a whole lot and loves you a whole lot? Amen. How many believe when you woke up this morning, you was able to come to church that he, he loves you a little bit? Amen. How many believe that when you got that paycheck on Friday, he loves you a little bit? Amen. One of, our, one of, our, one of our, our parking lot pastors came up to me today and said, Pastor, I got a victory report. And I said, what is it? I'm not going to tell you his name. He said, Pastor, I lost my job at 11.10 on Friday. And he said, Pastor, at 1.30 I had a new job, back in my old job with more money. There's somebody up there that loves you. I was pretty jacked up, pretty, pretty, pretty keen about when I was a young teen, a young adult, my greatest desire was to do the will of God. My greatest fear was to miss the will of God. For some reason, I don't, I don't want to place the blame on anywhere or anyone. I thought being in the will of God was hard, it was difficult, it was sacrificial. 
And it does have some tough times, and it does have some difficult times, and it is sacrifice. But maybe it was when those missionaries came through with their slideshows. I don't know. And they showed these poor countries, and they showed these poor people. And what I picked up most was the sacrifice and the poverty of those countries. Maybe I, I read Fox's Book of Mortars too young. It's not warm and fuzzy book, and everybody dies. And I may rock your world right now, but being in God's will is not just horrible. It's fun. Let me say that again. Being in God's will is fun. Why don't some of you folks lighten up and smile a little bit around here today? You're God's kids, and not only does he love you, he has saved you today. Come on, it's fun being in the will of God. It's fulfilling being in the will of God. And to a missionary who's in a country God called them to, I used to think they lived in little shanties, little shacks. I went to several countries when I was traveling abroad. I went to several countries. I I hate to tell you this. I'm going to ruin you. I'm going to ruin you. But missionaries don't have it bad. Just thought I'd share that with you. I went to one house and they had six waiters and waitresses. They didn't have to get up and get tea. I have to get up and pour my own tea. It's not, a bad di- it's not a bad gig being a missionary. People come because they're so happy you brought the gospel to them and they just serve them. They cook food for them. Patty and I went to Jamaica years ago and we went on, on, on an invitation from another pastor that owns some houses down there. And he said, now, now when you get down there, Thelma's going to be there and Thelma's going to take care of you. And Thelma came by every morning and said, what do you want for lunch today and what do you want for dinner? And I said, Thelma... It's anything. She said, no, sir, I want to please you. I want you to tell me what you want. I said, oh, my God, do I have to go back to America? <laughs> I'm telling you, the will of God is not sad, sack, and the sarge. The will of God is a fun time. Some of you need to get on your feet every now and then and say, hey, I may be going through some issues in my life, but I'm happy because there's somebody up there that really does like me. He really does. Amen. And to the martyr. I'm going to read you a martyr story. Acts 7, 54. The Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen's accusation. They shook their fists at him in rage. But Stephen, full of the Holy Ghost, gazed steadily into the heavens and saw the glory of God. And he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. And he told them, look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of God standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. And then they put their hands over their ears and began shouting and they rushed at him. He bugged them. They were stoning him. He was seeing Almighty God. He was seeing the Lord Jesus Christ. And they got it. They got put down. They got to saying, oh my God, we're, 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 we can't take what he said. And they dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. His accusers took off their coats and laid him at the feet of a young man named Saul. And they stoned him. And Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he fell to his knees shouting, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And with that, he died. I'm telling you if we have to lay our life down it's not a bad day you hear me it's not a bad day because every day with the Lord is a great day you hear me every day with the Lord's a great day and I want you to stand on your feet every morning get out of that bed every morning and say I'm a child of God I'm going to live this life called destiny say amen to that I would never tell you that Stephen was having fun as a martyr. No. 
But I do see where God always gives grace to someone within the area of their destiny. The sweet spot of life has been in the will of God for your life. And God takes pleasure in you doing the things you love to do. How many of you love to come to church? Come on, lift your hand. You love to come to church. Come on. God's not against that. There's some people say, boy, I tell you what, I think this living out here would be the best living. I think it would. I don't, need to, I don't need my area of destiny here. I don't need that. Really? Really, you don't? Well, let me tell you what the greatest king of the Old Testament said in the book of Psalms, chapter 16, verse 5. He said, Lord, you have assigned me my portion. In other words, you've put me in this area of destiny and my cup, and you have made my lot secure. And the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. He said, you're... Your mercies and your grace have fallen to me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. What a joy to understand that God is cheering for you. My little grandson played his first game as a freshman ball player at, West, at, at Bowie High School yesterday. And he had a doubleheader and they won both games. And... Uh, his daddy called me after the game and he said, oh, dad, I wish you could have seen him today. I said, what happened, son? He said, dad, he hit a seed. He hit a seed, dad, a seed. Well, you know what a seed is to a ball player. That means he hit a rope. He hit, mm, he hit it. Bam! He said, dad, if it was elevated, it would have cleared the left field wall. That's a dad talking about a son. It might have been a good Texas leaguer, which means a humpback drive to the outfield. But to a dad, it was a seed. And when I hung up, I got tickled. And I love Damon. But he loves that Caden Blake. He loves him. And he's bragging on him. How many of you love to be in the stands watching your kid out there do it? Come on. Come on. How many of you love that? How many of you? <laughs> I got people that come up and say, you know what? My kid had 12 points. The whole team scored 18 my kids, the team. I like when they say, boy, my boy's growing up. Look, he's put on four or five inches. He's put on 20 pounds. I love to hear a dad brag like that. I love it. You know why? Because I look up at my heavenly father. Hallelujah. And my heavenly father said, look at that preacher down there. That bald-headed man is better than he's ever been in his life today. He's doing so good today. Look at him. Look at him, Gabriel. Check him out, Gabriel. You have never talked words like that to my people. You've never said that kind of stuff. Look at him, Michael. Look at him. He's given people a right to fight for their right in the kingdom of God. Look at him. Go, son. Go, 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 son. Go. I believe you're growing a little bit. God Almighty wants you to understand. You need to fall in love with your area of destiny because there's one in the heavens that's cheering you on right now and saying, go get them, boy. Go get them, girl. I love you. Wow. <laughs> the third thing, and I close. The third thing that you've got to understand, the secret, is you've got to learn to listen to what cannot be heard. You have to learn to listen to what cannot be heard. When Saul was on his way to Damascus to take out the people of God, a voice spoke from heaven. But the people around him didn't hear a voice. 
He didn't hear that. Other times in the word of God, God has spoken and everybody thought it was thunder. Everybody thought it was just wind. But God spoke. God has a way of speaking to his people in their area of destiny that only you can hear it. Only you can hear it. Only you can ascertain it. The enemy wants everybody to hear his voice. But God knows how to talk to his kids in his voice. When Elijah was in the cave, earthquake came, a wind came, and God wasn't in either one of them. But then a still small voice. The Bible says in the book of Corinthians, and I want to put it on the screen. The Bible says this, or that is what the scriptures mean when they say, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Read on. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. Boy, it feels so good in my area of destiny here this morning. It feels so good. It feels so good. When I was getting this rope yesterday at the hardware store, the guy said, what are you doing with these ropes, sir? Are you going you gonna to tie up four people? <laughs> no. No, I'm not, sir. I'm not. I said, where I'm from, we still believe in hanging. Now, he got tickled at that. But isn't it fun? Isn't it fun to know that a pastor can preach to you this morning about your area here and you don't have to go searching because there's somebody up there that loves you a whole lot. And he's got a secret to tell you there's an old Christmas carol that we sing, Do You Hear What I Hear? Sometimes people can't hear what you hear. But Paul tells us that we can travel in God's mind through his spirit, that we can know what God thinks concerning us. We can't know everything God thinks about everything, of course, but God wants to tell us what he's thinking about us. And these things he thinks about us are beyond what eye can see and what ear can hear and what the human mind can conceive. So how's your hearing? How's your vision today? I'm going to give you a secret, folks. You hear me? I'm going to give you a secret. I'm going to give you a secret today, and then I'm going to close. Here's my secret. For 24 years, I have labored in this church. There were times when we sung a cappella, and there were times when we didn't have enough people to fill Holy the Church on a Wednesday night. There were times when things would happen. There were times when bad things happened in the church and around the church and deaths came and situations occurred that made me think, oh God, how are we going to do it without that person? How are we going to survive without that person? How are we going to make it without that person in church? But every Sunday morning, the Holy Ghost wakes me up before the alarm ever goes off. 
And God speaks to me and says, listen, I know, he told me today, he said, I know you're dealing with a young man in San Antonio that's hurting with cancer in his body right now. And I know there's a sweet little lady on the north side that can't hardly set up because cancer is eating her up. And I know there's situations happening in the church that are devastating, son. But I want you to go to that pulpit today. And I want you to know one thing, I'm watching you today. And I'm going to cheer for you. Because you're going to elevate me again today, son. And here I am elevating Jesus Christ. And the only thing, here's my secret, the only thing that has kept me above the fallout, the only thing that's kept me above saying, oh God, I just can't do it, is that I know that somebody up there likes me a whole lot. He likes me a whole lot. And I want to tell you, he likes you a whole lot too. Come on, he likes you a whole lot too. He loves you right where you are. And you may think, oh God, I'm so closed in. This marriage and my family and my job, I'm so closed in. But stay in the fight. Stay in the fight. I'm going to give you victory in your area of destiny. I'm going to give you victory. I'm going to give you complete victory in your life. Everybody say, Pastor. I want to live 10. Everybody say, there's unlimited possibilities within my limitations. Everybody say, God takes pleasure in the things that I love. And hearing cannot be heard by everybody, but I'm hearing the voice of God in my world right now. And that concludes today's podcast. Thanks again for listening.